What's up, guys? Welcome back to the first ever Numbers Guys MLB preview for the season. We're excited to get these underway. Tonight, we are going to be previewing the AL East Division. My name is Brent Hua. I'm joined alongside by Seth Warner, Iki Kobayashi, and guest host Grant Kochik. Grant, thanks for hopping on the podcast tonight. Uh, Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you. I believe we are starting off with the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, so we are, we're really excited uh, for what we have planned for the MLB. We got eight weeks till opening day. So we are going to, I, I'm sorry, seven weeks till opening day. Uh, so we're going to do one division per week, uh, break down what those teams have done in the offseason, uh, what we like going forward, what we don't like going forward, uh, some breakout candidates, team MVP candidates, and some standings projections. Uh, so today we're starting, out, starting off with the AL East. Uh, Graham uh, was my roommate last year, so we're happy to have him on the podcast. He's a big Orioles fan, so he's going to have some, some awesome Orioles insight for us. Uh, so we're going to go alphabetically. We're going to start with the Blue Jays. And uh, just to sum up real quick what they did this offseason, they were really busy. Uh, they were one of, the, one of the heavy buyers of the offseason. They picked up free agents such as George Springer, Marcus Simeon, uh, Kirby Yates, David Phelps, Tyler Chatwood, and also traded for Steven Matz. So they made some big moves in free agency. Um, you know, we, we've talked about them quite a lot during our, uh, during our off-season episodes. Uh, based real quick, obviously, you look at this lineup. Lineup is insane. Really deep lineup. Uh, the pitching needs some work. Uh, I will turn it over to Graham first. Graham, what are your thoughts on this Blue Jays squad? I mean... I really love what the Blue Jays looked like. I mean, their young core last year, not getting as much playing time as they may have wanted in 2020 with the short season, but still showing that, you know, they got a lot of talent on this team, a lot of young talent that can really develop into a, a dangerous team in the AL East. Um, and even including with the additions of George Springer and Marcus Semien, I mean, now their team is – in talks with one of the best teams in the AL if all of these players perform. Um, and then their their rotation could probably use a little bit of work, but with their acquisitions of Steven Matz, I think he's a really good back-end starter. He's a good veteran. He's been on a Mets team that's had a really good rotation for the past, like, five, five to seven years, I guess. And then getting Kirby Yates uh, for the back end of the bullpen and back end of those games, that's just going to be – deadly honestly any game with one or two runs I think Kirby is can easily shut that down for them yeah I'll, I'll take over um <clears throat> I don't know if any of you guys are going to agree with this take but I'm not buying into the hype with Ooh. the Blue Jays to be honest yeah Ooh. I know I know um I don't, think I don't think they'll be bad I don't see them cracking 90 wins this season I don't think anyone in their lineup hits above 285 if I'm being honest I think they have a lot of solid guys, but I, I don't think I, – I think George Springer hits around 275, um, who also I have around here. Uh, Bo Bichette might hit like 285. Uh, Guerrero, I know Fangraphs has him projected for 287. I think he's going to end up hitting like 260. I just really don't think he's a great contact guy. And um, I'm a little bit worried about the rotation. Um, I know they tried to beef it up a little bit this offseason – but really weren't able to. And when the rotation isn't able to get the job done and that offense isn't hitting like a lot of people are expecting them to, when it boils down to the bullpen, 
if you're not hitting the ball and you don't have a great starting rotation, your bullpen really doesn't matter that much, especially when your best bullpen pitcher is Kirby Yates, who's good for one inning, maybe one and a third, one and two thirds. And honestly, I'm a little bit worried about Kirby Yates after last season. I believe he's 32, so he's definitely a little bit over the hill when it comes to relief pitchers. Again, I'm not saying the Blue Jays are going to be bad this season, but I don't see them cracking 84, 85 wins. I got to be uh, – I honestly think that it's going to be, like, very interesting to watch. I think they're going to be very fun. You know, they got very young talent. You know, they got Danny Jansen. They got Vlad. They got uh, Kevin Biggio. They got Bo Bichette. And something that's, like, really important is, like, uh, I'm pretty sure Bo Bichette was injured last season for majority of the time or for, like, months. And he's going to come back. And I think he's going to do, like, what Brent said, like, 285. It's going to be great. Yeah, but the big problem is definitely the starting pitching and the relief. So uh, I think hitters are going to hit, unlike what Brent said. I think they're going to do very well, but it might be like a bullpen blowing up situation or starting pitcher is not going to do as well. So it, I I would say they're going to crack 90, maybe, hopefully, but uh, it, it wouldn't be surprising if they didn't. Yeah, I, I could see them. I see them probably in like the low 90s, high 80s. And look, any time your lineup is this good, You'll find you'll find ways to win in the regular season. I mean, the, the the crazy thing about this team is you look at this lineup and there really aren't any holes anywhere. I mean, I've I've said it in the in the offseason episodes. The fact that Randall Grichik's on the bench goes to show how deep this lineup is. I mean, he's he's a very good MLB hitter. He's 29 years old. You know, should be in his prime essentially. Um, and you're the bottom two in your order is Rowdy Tellez and Danny Jansen. Tellez really good lefty power bat, which is something they need in this lineup. He's one of only two lefties in the lineup with him and Biggio and Jansen. They could have a, they can have a, a platoon there with Jansen. They have Reese McGuire. They also have Alejandro Kirk, who was a rookie last year and had a really good breakout season. So, I mean, this lineup doesn't have any holes, but then again, we mentioned all the time, the pitching hinge uh, Ryu. We know he's a really good top line starter. Robbie Ray is a question mark. He's always a question mark. He's got really good stuff, but can he maintain his control? He, we know he walks a ton of guys, which could hurt them. Nate Pearson, again, question mark. I am a huge fan of Nate Pearson. I think he's going to be a very good pitcher. But again, he's young. We don't know yet. And then we have Roark, Steven Matz, and Tyler Chatwood. It's an okay rotation. I think it's a rotation that's good enough to win you regular season games, get you in the high 80s, low 90s. But again, we know that the back end of the bullpen is really good. Kirby Yates, Jordan Romano, uh, Rafael Dolis. That's a really good back end right there. But they don't necessarily have the bullpen depth to be able to, you know, put the starting rotation on life support. If, you know, Robbie Ray can't get out of the third inning, there really isn't much there until you get to the seventh with Dolis, Romano, and Yates. So if, if this rotation can hold, this is a, this is a really dangerous team. Um, and again, a lineup this good will find ways to win games, but I'm, I'm concerned about the pitching staff. Yeah. And just kind of going back on that. I mean, when, when the projections here, I mean, Grichik's got 21 homers projected for this year and like, uh, Fangraphs usually does the home runs a little bit low, so he could have even more and that's 20, we'll say 25 plus home runs off the bench. That's huge on any team let alone a team that has this much potential star power packed into its, into its lineup. Um, and then going to Nate Pearson, I mean, for all my show players, I mean, his 102 fastball in that game is just untouchable. If, they, Outlier, if, if, that comes, if that comes to real life, I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, obviously it'll be a little bit easier. People hit 102 in the game, but I mean, that's going to be a deadly pitcher with a lot of upside in the future. So that, I think that rotation in the future, especially, I think it could be a lot more dangerous than this year. I just think there are, like you said, there are a, a little bit, it's a, it's a weak rotation. There's not many holes in it. There's, it's just a weak rotation with a lot of questions up in the air about whether or not they're going to be able to get everything that they need to get done. Yeah. And if you guys have anything else on the Blue Jays, feel free to chime in. But last thing I wanted to say is going to be interesting. We don't know where they're playing yet. Um, they, you know, brought the spring training van down to uh, down to Florida and were basically told, be ready to stay there if needed because of the, the virus going on right now. It doesn't look like the Canadian government is going to let them come back. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be Buffalo. I don't know if they're staying in Florida. Who knows where they're going to end up playing their games. So that's something to watch. We know Buffalo is a very hitter-friendly park. We saw we saw a ton of home runs hit there last year by both the Blue Jays and uh, and visiting teams. ton of high-scoring games, which I think plays well to the lineup they have right now. Um, you know, don't really know the, the park factors of, of their spring training facility. Um, but that's definitely going to be something to watch. So if nobody else has anything on the Blue Jays, going once, going twice, sold. Let's head on over to Mr. Kotchik, your Baltimore Orioles. Uh, pretty quiet offseason, uh, as is fairly typical of, of, uh, of the Orioles. They did sign Freddie Galvis and Yolmer Sanchez, who are going to plug up the middle of that infield, it looks like. Uh, they traded away Alex Cobb and signed two early 2010s studs, Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. So uh, going to be interesting there. Um, I will say, I, I do think this this Orioles team is underrated. I don't think people should write them off as a hundred loss team. I think this lineup definitely has potential. Graham, talk to us about, uh, about your, some of your favorite guys and where you see this team going. All right. So like, yeah, I might be a little biased because I'm a, I'm an Orioles fan, but I will say that I know where we are. We're, we're rebuilding. I don't have high expectations at all, but what I can say is like agreeing with you, Seth, like this team, I think a lot of people are writing it off. It's just like they're rebuilding. They're going to be terrible. They've been terrible. Like they'll still be terrible. But I do really like this team. I really think we have a lot of young talent that is good right now for the for the stage they're at in their career and can only, I mean, not only get better. Obviously, they can get worse at times. But, I mean, Ryan Mountcastle looks like a stud in the making. We got Trey Mancini coming back. And I really, I'm a huge Trey Mancini fan. Hearing his diagnosis crushed me last year. Uh, I missed him every second of the season, but having him come back and hearing that he's, he's good to go, feeling 100% is really good for our season, just like what we're looking at. I also don't think we're going to lose 100 games. I think we're going to be able to tough it out. I think we'll have it around 90 or something. But, I mean, looking at this lineup, it's really young. Our oldest player is – oldest player in the starting lineup is Freddie Galvis, and he's – a lot younger than a lot of people think he's only 31 um and he's got i think he has a chance to to be a really good captain on this team he's been a veteran player he's been around the league he's played on a bunch of teams he's been in both leagues american and national i think he's gonna be really helpful for the young core that we have especially with the young middle infield we have um with mountcastle being a corner infielder slash outfielder but still obviously having an older guy is going to be great. Um, and then our bench, it's, I mean, it doesn't look great. 
but I do think there's a lot of upside with Pedro Severino. I think he's a pretty underrated catcher at times. He had a couple good. He had a great season in 2019 and added back on to it in 20. Um, and then there's Chris Davis. I don't need to say too much on him. It's Chris <laughs> Davis. Uh, Pat Vileka, he had honestly, he was a huge surprise to me last year. Um, watching the Orioles, not thinking we're going to do great at all, and having people writing us off with, like, we'd be lucky to win one game in our first 20, I think is what people were saying. Um, and I mean, that hurt me at the beginning of the season, but I understood it. But then with the rotation, I think we have possibility for a really good young rotation dean creamer was really good last year so was keegan aiken john means coming off an off year but still has a lot of time to 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 develop into just an ace for our team and then our bullpen isn't strong at all uh tenor scott is our best guy um i'll open it up to you guys because i mean there's not much else to say about this team we're we're low. We're not good. We're we're rebuilding, but I think we're ahead of schedule in some sense. And a lot of the young guys being able to come up in this year and next year are going to really help us. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a team when you look at them for a rebuilding team. I don't think they're as young as you'd like them to be. I think your average age is probably around twenty six, twenty seven, which isn't awful. But when you're in the rebuild position, I think you'd like to be a little bit younger. That being said, I do think you're probably a year ahead of schedule compared to where you thought you might be last year. Um, I would not write off this Orioles team. I don't think they will be in playoff contention this year, unfortunately. However, I see them winning 70, 75 games possibly. I think they could put together that amount of wins. I think that's a very fair estimation. Yeah, I, I would probably put it around there too. And I mean – Honestly, one of the toughest things is just the fact that you're playing in the American League East. It's it, it's a it's a deep division. Uh, we know the Yankees, uh, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, the Red Sox find a way to stay in it every year. Uh, even though you know they've they've sold off a little bit in recent years, they'll find a way to compete. It's it's a really stacked division. And the way I see it too, this, this Orioles team, it kind of reminds me of a light version of what we just talked about with the Blue Jays. The top six in the order, Hayes, Stewart, Santander, Mancini, Cisco, Mountcastle. That's a good young core <laughs> to your lineup. Um, and, you know, and, you know, they don't have Hinge and Ryu necessarily. They have John Means, who's a good young starter. And they don't have the same back-end bullpen as the Blue Jays do. But, again, it, it's a lineup that I think is good enough to to win some games. I, I do think they'll ultimately come in last in the American League East. But it's it's – a team that's going to be a lot more competitive than people are going to give them credit for. Because this line, this lineup's better than people think. Cool, going once, going twice. Soul on the Orioles. I'm not going to make that a theme. I, I don't know <laughs> why I keep saying that, but let's shift over to the reigning American League champions, Tampa Bay Blue Ta- Tampa Bay Blue Jays. Wow, the Tampa Whoa. Bay Rays. I don't know why I said Blue Jays. That was interesting. That was interesting. Tampa Bay Rays. They are a very good baseball team. We know that. They uh, they won the American League, made it to the World Series, uh, lost to the Dodgers in the World Series uh, this past season. This team is deep. And just like every Rays team uh, of recent uh, memory, they are really, really deep. 
Uh, not many holes in the lineup. Basically, everyone can hit for a decent average. Uh, a bench that consists of guys that could essentially start almost anywhere on any other teams. Uh, even though they traded Snell and lost uh, Charlie Morton to free agency, they still have a pretty decent rotation, and we know how loaded this bullpen is. It's a team that, although they kind of somewhat sold uh, in getting rid of Snell, it's also being rumored that they're also they also may look to move Kiermaier which would be interesting because other than Evan Longoria, he's kind of Mr. Ray. Uh, they, this team is, this team's going to be good. They're, they're going to be good for a long time because they're young. They don't really have many holes and they are really, really deep. Icky, I'll turn it to you. Talk about the Rays. Yeah. So exactly what Seth said, dude, they're going to be so good this season. It's so fun to just watch them, but watching them last season going against the Yankees is very sad to watch it let's be real but oh yeah they they had some great talent coming up like randy rosé and you know you didn't expect that to happen like everyone nobody expected that to happen but you know they also got two of my brothers yoshimoto tsugo and g-man Choi out there <laughs> they're gonna be doing some great stuff i feel like uh it said like on fan graphs it said Tsugo isn't gonna get a steal this season but you know i believe my guy so i think it might happen one day <laughs> but you like I think what we've been like, what's really important as like, as a Yankees fan, we learned that pitching is important to us. Like you could have a loaded lineup, but if your pitching isn't great, then you're not going to win that many games. But the Rays have such a loaded lineup and pitching staff that they're just going to do great. I think they're going to definitely be either second or first. It's going to be a race with the Yankees. That's what I think. I think they could definitely crack like above 95 wins this season. Ooh. Very big, very big. Wow. That's yeah, and I'll say something for that. Uh, it's good. I'm definitely agreeing it's going to be a really close race between the Yankees and the Rays. Um, and if the Blue Jays overperform, I think they'll be close enough where they could be in the contention for it. But I definitely think it's going to be between at least the Rays and the Yankees. And I think, honestly, the one big factor, or at least the two, I guess the two big factors for the Rays are going to be whether or not Rosarina can keep up what he was doing in the postseason and what he was doing in the regular season because, like, his regular season was not as good as his postseason, but pretty darn good. And then also to see if Austin Meadows can bounce back because him coming over from, from the Pirates in that Chris Archer trade, who they now have Chris Archer back, which I find a little funny. Um, but him coming over in that Archer trade and doing insane that first year, but then hasn't really been able to replicate it yet. I think if he can come back and replicate what he did in his first season with the Rays, I think no question Rays are going to take away the East. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely a team to watch, and you know the the rotation looks a lot different this year. Uh, their projected rotation right now is Glasnow, uh, Rich Hill, who they just recently signed, Chris Archer, Ryan Yarbrough, Michael Waka. So you know a couple of projects in there, a couple of veterans. Rich Hill going to be forty one this season, uh, but we know he's still very effective with that ridiculous curveball um they also have five guys who are still hurt right now coming off injuries yanni torinos brent honeywell brandon mckay jalen beeks and colin pochet we already know how deep the bullpen is with fairbanks anderson uh castillo ryan thompson this team is so deep and and you know obviously they look deep on paper but they're even deeper if you keep looking into it too i also want to mention the fact that they have a ton of prospects not only do they have one of the best farms in baseball if not the best farm in baseball they have a bunch of guys who are going to have an impact on this team this season too despite how deep they already are Wander Franco best prospect in baseball I would expect to see him at some point this season 
uh, middle infielder, if you guys don't know who he is. Brandon McKay, two-way player. He can hit and he can pitch. Hasn't really clicked yet at the major league level, but he's 25. He's going to have an impact this season. Luis Patino, if you listen to the U Darvis trade podcast, I love this kid. He is a phenomenal pitcher, 21 years old. I could see him being in the rotation by the end of the year. I thought he was going to be good on the Padres. Then you, now you put him on the Rays, who have who are known to develop pitching. He's going to be a stud for them at some point. I, I expect him to have an impact this season. Vidal Brujan, their fourth best prospect, great contact speed guy. He could play middle infield, 23 years old. He could be up this year. And that's not to mention other prospects like Shane McClanahan, who we saw in the playoffs. Uh, Josh Lowe, an outfielder we've heard great things about in camp. And Brent Honeywell, who's coming off an injury. This team's depth is incredible. Last year, we saw them have a ton of injuries, but they were still just fine because how deep this team is. If you you keep guys healthy this year, I their AAA team could probably beat some MLB teams. It's an, it's insane. That'd be fun to see. I think they could beat the Pirates. Oh, Pirates! I'll say that now. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that now. <laughs> Rockies, Rockies are projected for one hundred two losses. The only one hundred oh, losses. Boy. Yeah. We got a couple we got a couple weeks to the NL West, but uh yeah, they're they're not gonna be too great. All right, no. let's shift over. We got two more teams to go. Let's shift over to Brent's Brent's Boston Red Sox. Uh again, interesting offseason for them. Uh they picked up Hunter Renfro, uh, they picked up Kike Hernandez and Marwin Gonzalez, they picked up Garrett Richards, uh, they picked up Matt Andres, uh, and other guys they traded for. They got Adam Ottavino and they got Franchi Cordero when they shipped away. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, which is very interesting. Um, you know, I, one, one thing that I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago, it's that, you know, a couple of years ago, their outfield was Benintendi, Mookie Betts, and Jackie Bradley Jr., which is a really good outfield. When they now, team. yeah. And now, and now you're looking at, now you're looking at Franchi Cordero, Alex Verdugo, and Hunter Renfro. Nothing against them, but that, that's not a Mookie Betts led outfield. Um, no, I think Verdugo would have been the second best player on that outfield, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely like, uh, I definitely like Verdugo. I think he's gonna yeah. be a very good contributor for them. But yeah, Brent, uh, Brent, take it away. Go ahead, tell us about your Boston Red Sox. Where yeah. you see them finishing this season? What do you got? Uh, I love Verdugo, but he ain't no Mookie Betts. Um, no, all right, not quite. I will say, if you like the Blue Jays, I do not know how you don't like the Boston Red Sox. Um, I think that the Red Sox are better than the Blue Jays right now. I think you have a top three left side of the infield in the game of baseball. If Devers is able to act like he did in 2019. Um, I think Bogarts is already an established star. And I think Devers is right on the brink of stardom right now. And I think bringing back Alex Cora is going to help the team tremendously, especially with guys like Devers and JD Martinez who have blossoming relationships with him. Um, Alex Cora, call him a cheater if you want. All I know is he's one of the best coaches in the game right now. Um, I'll keep my mouth shut. You sh- as you should. Um, <laughs> top four in the lineup right now, Fangraphs is projecting Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, and Martinez. Um, I don't know how much better it gets than that, if I'm being honest. I think top four-wise, that has to be top ten in the league right now. Um, as you dwindle down that line a little bit, you got Vasquez plugged in at five. That's where things really start to get a little bit shaky. Um, Vasquez should be hitting seventh, in my opinion, um, on a solid MLB team. So the depth isn't really there right now. Um, although I will say 
hitters five hitters six through nine played 20 or less games for the Red Sox last year, taking out Dahlbeck. All of them are new to the Red Sox. Um, the bench is a little depleted with Puecki, Arroyo, and Gonzalez. Um, Gonzalez, the most recent pickup. What I think is heavily underrated for the Red Sox is their starting rotation. If these guys are able to come back healthy and not even pitch like they did in their prime, but if you get an Evaldi back, who's at 90% of he was, of what he was. If you get sale back at even 75% of what he was, um, who else do we have? Sorry, let me pull up fan graphs quickly. So sale is not in the projected rotation. I expect him to be back by May. Evaldi, we need 90% of what he was. Eduardo, hopefully he's back to 100%. Garrett Richards, he's almost 33 years old. I still love the pickup. I believe it was a one or two year deal, which I think is perfect for him. Um, I think it was actually one year. Um, Martin Perez, we kind of had the Martin Perez experience last year where we were kind of experimenting with him. And he had some days where he was great. The days where he was not great, I could not watch the games. I think I went on record and said from first pitch to the end of the game, I watched four Red Sox games in their entirety last year. And I am a diehard Red Sox fan. Like, yeah, I try and find a bigger Red Sox fan than me. It's going to be very hard to do. Um, and then moving along to the bullpen, Matt Barnes is still going to be that go-to guy in the ninth, but I love the pickup of Adam, Ot- Adam Ottavino. I think that's great. Obviously, an inflated ERA last year due to one or two very poor appearances. However, I believe in 2019, he had a sub-two ERA. Um, I'm really surprised that the Yankees got rid of him. I think it was just because of salary issues. Not issues, but they were just looking to dump salary. Um, this Red Sox team... I wouldn't call it a rebuild right now. I think it's a build around where they're trying to build around a few key players. I think um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I was talking to my uncle the other day. He's a season ticket holder. He is. Do I want these tickets this year if I'm able to get into the ballpark, which is a whole other episode we could probably have about fans in the ballpark during COVID. But I uh, hope so, man. I'm like, hey, I think this team can go 500. I think there is a 35% chance they qualify for a wild card spot. Um, It would take a lot from the pitching staff staying healthy. I am not too worried about that lineup. I think everyone knows their role. I think Verdugo has a breakout year. I think Verdugo, Bogarts, Endeavors average a 300 batting average, Um, which I don't think is an egregious take, as Preston would like to say. Um, But, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think we have – it's not the 2018 Red Sox. However, it is not the 2020 Red Sox. Um, I'm That's really right. excited to have Cora back. I love that guy so much. Seth, I, I will stop talking about Cora now. Um, I'll open up Sounds the good. you guys. What do you guys think about the Boston Red Sox? I also – Kind of like I also really like what the Red Sox look like this year. Um, I also agree that I think a lot of their success hinges on the rotation. Um, losing Sale, who's your best pitcher, and maybe not recently with you know some of his injury woes and maybe a little bit of a decline, but can't say for sure until he comes back. Um, I do really like this team. I think Verdugo, Bogarts, Endeavors can. Definitely average a 300. I'll agree with you on that one, Brent. 
Um, and then I also, like, I think you mentioned Garrett Richards. I have always been a huge fan of Garrett Richards. I've always wanted the, the teams that need just a little bit of a push in starting pitching to pick him up if he's available because he's just one of those guys that he's not going to put up Cy Young numbers. He's not going to lead your staff, but he's going to eat up innings and he's going to not, he's not going to let up an, an atrocious amount of runs. He'll keep yeah. it reasonable, but he'll, he'll eat up innings for you. And that's all you really need with an offense like this. At this point in his career, I think a great comparison to him is somebody like John Lester. Um, just a guy where you know, okay, he's going to give up three runs on an average day, but he's also going to go five and two thirds, six and a third innings. Um, I don't think he'll have a short leash. I think he's proven himself enough out on the West Coast that he doesn't need a short leash. But um, yeah, 35% chance this team makes the playoffs. Yeah, I'll say too. I think, I think, and yeah, obviously the pitching is going to be big, but I think the biggest thing for them this season is going to be health. Brent, to your point, the depth isn't necessarily there like it is for, you know, the Blue Jays or the Rays. We, we know how lethal the top four in the order is of Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, Martinez. I know Martinez and Devers had down years last season. I don't expect that to continue. I think both of them bounce back to where we saw them in 2019. Um, but again, I mean, you go through the rest of that lineup of Vasquez, Renfro, Cordero, Dalbeck, and Kike – it's good, it's, but it's boomer bust, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of question marks. Hunter Renfro could hit 35 home runs this season. He could also hit 150. Like, you know, like he's got, you know, there, I'm there's, le- there's, unfortunately, there's, I'm leaning towards 150. Yeah, now there, there's a high ceiling there, but there's also a really low floor. And that's the case yeah. for a lot of these guys. Um, I think health's going to be one thing. Um, and, you know, uh, some of the starters, too, unfortunately. Uh, have been injury prone. Chris Sale, Avaldi, Garrett Richards, and, and Eduardo uh, had some serious heart complications. I was going to say he, as a Yankee fan, obviously I never root for Boston, but he's going to be a guy that I'm really rooting for this year. He obviously had a he had some really nasty complications with COVID. Uh, I know I think he had some heart was it heart I, conditions. I have, besides mortality, I have not heard of any worse complications from COVID. Than yeah, what yeah. So I'm I'm really. I'm really hoping he can return to form, even even if he's not in baseball shape. I'm just hoping from from a human standpoint that he's okay, because uh, he he got it bad. Um, so I would I would love to see him bounce back this year. We know he can be a really good uh, guy in the rotation. Um, but yeah, health's gonna be important. Number one and number two, if these injuries arise, I think Boston's gonna need a big boost from some of their young guys. Uh, and, you know, I talked about some of the Rays prospects, but uh, Bobby Delbeck could be getting everyday bats for them uh, at first base. He uh, He's a guy in the minors. The dude hits home runs. In his last two seasons in the majors, in the, minors, the dude hits home runs too. Yeah. No, he, he, played, he played 23 games last year in the majors, hit eight homers. Uh, in the minors, in his last two seasons in the minors, he hit a, a combined 59 home runs, which in the minors you do not see very often. So he's going to be a big addition there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jeter Downs by the end of the season. I would be very surprised if we see him. You would be? Yeah. I I think Keith Hernandez and Xander Bogarts man the middle of the infield. Yeah. I think it would take one of them getting in it, having an injury. Yeah. Barring injury, he may not play this year, but Jeter Downs, I am a huge fan of his. He's Boston's number one prospect. Uh, Middle infield, play second or short. They got him in the Mookie Betts trade from the Dodgers. I think he's got some serious upside uh, middle infielder that hit 24 home runs last year in the minors. 
Uh, he's got some serious pop. And also, he's not projected in the starting rotation on fan graphs right, right now, but I, I would expect him to be in the rotation very early. Uh, Tenor Hoek looked Oh, he'll be really, in there by, by the end of March. He'll be in the rotation. Yeah, he looked really good last season. I, I saw on Twitter some people – some people were giving him a righty Chris Sale comp. I kind of see he's kind of kind of got that big that sidearm guy release. that just deals sauce. Yeah, sidearm release, ninety six with a sweeping slider. He's he's nasty. Uh, so I would expect I him to be rotation too. After Chris Sale, he's the best pitcher on the Boston Red Sox right now. Yeah, I think he, I, I don't know if he's there right now. I think he'll get there. I do. I honestly think he's there. That's fair. That's fair. I like that a lot. So yeah, uh, I think you know injuries. If they can stay healthy, we know how good this team can be. But uh, but obviously, right. uh, yes. Yeah, I was say speaking of injuries. Yeah. No, I was gonna say moving along to the team that's won one ring this century, right? Have they won? You know, you know why you gotta shoot that shot right now? Necessary. It's not necessary. <laughs> what the heck? And two. No, that was necessary. Two. <laughs> Two. It was necessary. 2007. 2000. 2000. All right, let's head over to the Yankees. Um. So me and Icky are both Yankee fans. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty expected offseason, I would say. Uh, LeMahieu was re-signed to a six-year deal. Uh, we just saw Jay Bruce get signed yesterday as a uh, as a backup lefty bat uh, for the rotation. Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone were both added, and Darren O'Day. Uh, basically, as expected. I know the Yankees are also in talks for Justin Wilson, uh, and you know we said with Boston. Same thing with the Yankees. The key is health. Uh, I don't think the Yankees have been fully healthy since 2017. Uh, you know, in 2018, 2019, everybody, it was the fun, the next man up mantra that everyone was using. It was fun, but um, I'm tired of that. I'd rather see everyone be healthy. So uh, hoping for a full year of health. We know how lethal this Yankee lineup can be. Going to look basically the same as last year. Um, rotation's going to look a lot different. Garrett Cole, the ace, we all know that. Uh, and then it's a bunch of question marks. Uh, some of them I think will stick, but there are a bunch of question marks. Corey Kluber has pitched, I believe, one inning in the last two years. Who knows? Jameson Tyone coming off a second Tommy John surgery. Who knows? Jordan Montgomery, he's had Tommy John himself. Uh, I think he's got some good potential, but we don't exactly know what we're going to get out of him. Domingo Herman didn't pitch last year because uh, if there's anything you're going to learn on this podcast, please don't do any like domestic abuse things it's bad just don't do it so I'm kind of hoping we don't see him this year because I, I hate stuff like that uh Luis Severino coming off injury uh expect to see him in June July and then the two rookies uh Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt uh so a bunch of bunch of options there who knows what's going to stick uh, and then the bullpen looks fairly similar uh lost out of Vino and Tommy Canley but signed Darren O'Day, and uh, they're looking into Justin Wilson. So, Ikuo, I will turn it over to you. Instant thoughts on the Yankees. Um, People that I really like is Jameson Tyone and Corey Kluber. You know, they're not going to be – you really don't know what they're going to do, but if they come back like they did were previously, oh, dude, it's going to be amazing. Um, One big problem for me is the catcher position. You know, is oh, yeah. Gary Sanchez going to come back? Not 2020. Let's forget about that. Like when he's and forget about 2019 and 2018. Yeah, let's just forget about all those years. Remember him as the Kraken because I just want him to do well. But 
it's got to be it's very high like highly optimistic that he's going to do great uh i mean you got kyle higashioka as back backup which is not bad at all you know he's not going to hit a lot of home runs but he's going to hit the ball i believe uh first base you know you got luke void i think it's going to be a great team it's definitely going to be up there with the rays uh we beefed up our pitching rota- uh, relief has just been like you know, we haven't really changed it. So I believe that we're going to do kind of great. And I'm very excited for this season. We lost Ottavino, to be fair. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, I, I see I see O'Day filling in that role. You know, he's yeah. a guy who also carves up righties uh, like Ottavino does. So I expect him to fill that seventh inning role or, you know, bases loaded, two outs, come get a, come get a righty out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too, too worried about the bullpen, especially if we can go out and get Justin Wilson. Um, you know, we haven't, the, the front end of the bullpen hasn't been as good, kind of similar to the Blue Jays. It's kind of back heavy. Um, would like to see a jump from, uh, from Loisiga, uh, from Luis Sessa, hopefully, you know, it's been nothing great from, from either of those two the past couple seasons. Also the young guys, Nick Nelson, Brooks Kriske, um, be interesting to see if any of those guys can step up. But again, those guys are going to be huge because we don't know how, how many innings these bullpen uh, these starters going to be able to go? Kluber and Tyone probably aren't going to be stretched out to six, seven innings like they you like they used to be. Um, you know they're both coming off injuries. So uh, Graham, if you have anything, go for it. Yeah, I'll just say a few go things real fast. I I do. It, it pains me to say as an Orioles fan, but I do really like this lineup. It's star studded. I mean up and down the lineup, you can find studs until you go down to, to Gary Sanchez. Um, and I do really, I, I love Kyle Higashioka. I loved him in the, in the postseason. I think he did really well. Um, and I had being me and never being a really big Gary Sanchez fan, just not liking the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't hustle and doesn't look like he puts too much effort into learning how to play the field. But, uh, I do really like this team. There's not a lot of holes. And we've also seen before with teams, um, especially the Yankees, I mean, with such a good lineup, I mean, the pitching, it might not be there for everyone that for, for as a high ceiling as it could have, it might not be there like everyone wants it to, but you still have Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone. I think they'll be on short leashes to start the year coming off of those injuries. Um, But I think if Kluber, especially Kluber, if he can go back to what he used to be, I mean, the Yankees are lights out in that sense. And then I just have had to put it out there. Last thing, Darren O'Day to the Yankees made me cry. Uh-huh. I was very sad when I saw <laughs> He's that. He's back with Britain. Yes, sir. He's back with Britain, which I did like, but it it still made me sad. I loved him. He was my he was one of my favorite Orioles pitchers of all time. That funky funky delivery it was the first time I'd ever seen the submarine pitcher pitch on TV and. It just – it's sad to see him go to my least favorite team. But – That's fair. It is a really good team, so I'll give him that. That's fair. That's fair. All right, on that note, um, here's how we're going to end every one of our preview episodes. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn real quick. Uh, I'm going to go for – we're going to start with the Blue Jays. I'm going to go uh, breakout player, comeback player, and team MVP. Around the horn real quick. I'll go first, so I'm not putting you guys in the spot. 
comeback. I'll, I'll, I'll go with breakout first. Breakout player, Nate Pearson. Huge fan of his. I think they're going to need him to be big in the rotation. I think he will have a fantastic rookie season this year. Uh, that's my breakout guy. Uh, comeback player, I will go with Vladdy Jr. Um, not necessarily comeback, but he was extremely hyped up coming out of the minors, and he's been good. Uh, but I expect him to have a much better year, kind of sort of live up to the hype this year, uh, you know, hit some more home runs. I know he lost a lot of weight in the offseason, so hopefully that helps his batting average. Uh, he's able to put the ball in play more. And team MVP, I am going to go with the man they just gave a lot of money to, George Springer. Uh, I think they're going to need him to be big, manning center field. Uh, he's going to have to hit for them, probably going to be their leadoff hitter. So he's a guy that's going to need to get on base, hit home runs, and be the anchor for this lineup. I will turn it over to Graham, your top three. Go for it. All right. So for the Orioles, I'm going to get the easiest one out of the way. Comeback player of the year. It's a no, no question for Trey Mancini coming off of the colon cancer uh, diagnosis before the shutdown in the spring and going through chemo and everything. Um, him coming back. He feels good. I love, love to see that. And I think he's going to be the comeback player of the year for the O's. Um, team MVP. That, that one's definitely harder, but I think it's between Trey Mancini again and then Anthony Santander coming off of that great 2020 season before he got hurt. Um, and then breakout player, I mean, I got to go Mountcastle. There were, I mean, he was our breakout player for last season. He didn't get that much playing time, but he, he definitely showed that he belonged in the MLB at this point. And I think he's going to even, I think he's going to build on that even more this season. Icky, you want to take the race? All right, so for the Rays, breakout player, I think we all know who's going to be. It's probably Wander Franco, you know? Big boy, going to come up. I think so. Yeah, I know? like it. I like it. Uh, comeback player, I would – okay, so it's not really a comeback player. I'm just going to be very biased right here. I'm going to say it's Yoshi, you know? I think I like he's that. not really coming back, but he's going to go back into form of when he was in Japanese baseball, you know? So I think he's going to do very good this season. And then MVP, I got to go with uh, Tyler Glasnow. He's just been lights out. He's a great pitcher. And I think this season he could count, uh, like do much better than he did in the postseason. Yeah, I kind of think – I like Blake Snell. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> wait oh. a minute. Wait. I, I do think – I'll say this right now. If Glasnow is healthy for the full season, I think he's a easy Cy Young candidate, if not winning the oh. AL Cy Young. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. So right now. Brent Red Sox, go for it. Um, breakout player Tanner Hoek. Um, I Love think it. by the end of the year he'll be the second best player, second best pitcher on the Red Sox. What's next? Comeback. Um, Sir. this is a tough one, but I think JD has a bigger comeback than Devers. Um, but I like both of them in for that award, if you will. And team MVP, I'm gonna have to hand to Alex Verdugo. Um, I think he is an All Star this season. Ooh, I like it. Big shot. I like that a lot. Okay. I'll wrap it up with the Yankees and then we'll get into projected standings real quick around the horn. Uh, Yankees breakout player. I am a huge Clark Schmidt fan. I think by the end of the season, he will be in the rotation. I think he and Kluber have very similar stuff. I think Kluber is going to be a great mentor for him. And I could see him sticking in this rotation for a long time. I think this year he breaks out. You guys know I'm a huge Ooh. Clark Schmidt fan. Okay. Uh, he's my breakout. Um, my comeback player. I want Giancarlo Stanton to shut up all the haters and I want him to stay healthy for a full year. And I want this man to mash 40 to 45 home runs. I'm going Giancarlo Stanton as my comeback player of the year. I think he stays healthy or healthier. 
him and Judge have been working a lot more on flexibility this offseason than strength, which is a very good thing. Uh, so I'm hoping he stays healthy. Uh, other candidates, obviously, Tyone and Kluber. But uh, Stanton's my guy. And team MVP, speaking of health, if he could stay healthy, Aaron Judge, I will say this right now, and this will get serious backlash that we don't have time to go into. That's why I'm going to say it now. A healthy Aaron Judge is the third best player in baseball. Yeah, so we, we, we I'm gonna have go with that. a little bit more up. time than I thought we had. <laughs> oh, okay, time to get uh, Graham, uh, I'll you take away that. <laughs> Graham, at least take one minute on that. Take. I'll, I'll say, I'll say uh, Trout and Betts are one and two. Go ahead. Okay, so I am not going to disagree with the fact that when Judge is healthy, he is one of the best players in the game. But top three, I cannot, I can't put him there. I just, I actually physically cannot, not with Juan Soto. If he, if Juan Soto, like he hasn't really gotten a big injury yet, but if he has a healthy season, he plays the full season, his numbers are going to be just astronomical. I mean, that's, that's the Juan Soto way. Juan, his nickname, his nickname is Juan Godo to me because he is. <laughs> good. Um, oh, but Graham, I'm not saying I'm, I would put thing. him at three, but I, 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 I could not put, judge over him in in a full healthy season i can respect that that's fair yeah i don't even think judge is a top three right fielder right now wow what yes soto and acuna over judge right now oh but take acuna over judge i agree with that so uh, I, all right i gotta go with judge though all right um let's roll into projected standings we'll each take the same team and just project the number of wins with them for them so seth do you want to start us off with the uh who did you take the blue jays yeah i'll go blue jays uh i we'll will say actually we'll just give out a number quick number one i'll go 89 graham uh i gotta go like 72 is it me? Okay, I'm gonna say 97. Optimistic. Uh, 80. And we're each doing our teams, right? Or the Blue Jays? Yeah, that was the Blue Jays. Oh, yo, Blue wait, Jays. wait, wait, pause, pause. Yeah. Not 97. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> we're, we're all going Blue Jays. All right. Oh, we're so going Blue Jays. 89 oh, okay. wins okay. for the Blue Jays. Graham, Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Blue Jays, 85. 88. 80. Okay. Uh, I believe we're going Orioles now. Uh, yeah. I will, I'll go 72. Yeah, I'm sticking with the same one, 72. In 70. Somewhere between 68 and 70 wins. Ooh. Fair. Like that. Right. Um, let's head over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Seth? I had the Blue Jays at 89. And I'm gonna put the Rays at 90. I gotta, I gotta go Rays at. I'm gonna say 98. I like them. Their team is stacked. My previous 97 was for the Rays, not for the Blue Jays. Let me just make sure of that. But so I'm going with 97. <laughs> Rays 97. Um, I'll give them 93, which brings us to the Boston Red Sox, Seth. Ooh. I think this is. Yeah, this is probably the toughest one. 84. That's what's yeah, fun. I got to go. I'll say 82. I say they finish right at 500. Yeah, yeah, I'm with Graham here. I'm That's saying good. 82. Oh, I'm optimistic. I'm going to go 86, I think. I don't think that's too egregious. Uh, finishing off with the Yankees. Seth? Put it on my Twitter. Did a little 
predict your team's season this year with all my MVP breakout comeback <clears throat> candidates or whatever. So if you want to do that for your team, go ahead over to my Twitter, quote tweet it. It's pretty fun. I said 97. Ooh. Graham? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with 96. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 99 because it's got to be higher than the Rays, you know, because we're going to win it this season. <laughs> it pains me to say <laughs> Can't you say this? A hundred four wins. Whoa, Brian! No, that good. I love I it. They are the yeah. third best team in baseball behind the Dodgers and Padres. But we Real don't have quick, the third best right. I agree. Though. Dodgers and Padres one and two. I think the Yankees. I also hope I jinx them, them, maybe. But um, <laughs> but no, I I, I definitely I, hope we're jinxing they, them. They went over a hundred games easily this year. I think. Easy. Okay. Real real quick for our viewers, let's just run through our personal standings so they can just hear one through five. Yeah, if that's cool to you guys, it's one probably just five. easier to hear. Uh, I got I got Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays. Those two are de- between. Uh, those two are separated by one game. Uh, Boston and Baltimore. Graham. Yeah, so I got Rays, and then I got the Yankees. That's going to be the closest battle, and then I think the Blue Jays can be fall when those two kind of just being that straggler, and then Red Sox and Orioles are going to have some distance between them, but not too far. I think this is going to be one of the better divisions all around this season, just record wise. So what I said was, I said Rays, or no, I said Yankees, then Rays, and that's yeah, going to be right. a close matchup. And then it's going to be Blue Jays and Red Sox. I think that's going to be also be very close. And then Red Sox, or no, and then Orioles are just they're they're up they're gonna do great, but compared to us, it ain't gonna be too great. <laughs> they're gonna try real know? hard. They're gonna be trying, but I, I don't know about it. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go now. Wrap us up. Um, I have the Yankees. 10 games ahead of the Rays, who are six to seven games ahead of the Red Sox, who are two to three games ahead of the Blue Jays, who are about 15 games ahead of the Orioles. Before I wrap it up, I'm going to hand it over to Seth Clay. Hey, yeah, uh, real quick, American League East, three playoff teams this season. I'll say it oh, right 100%. now. 100%. That's why I think the Red Sox have a 35% chance of making the playoffs. Three playoff teams in this division. It's either no the question. Red Sox or the Blue I agree. You know what? I'm going 50-50 shot between the Red Sox and Blue Jays for the playoffs. Mm, fair. I think Rays-Blue Jays is going to be a fun wild card game. Very fun. I think both AL and NLE is going to be a lot of fun this year. Yeah. Oh, oh true. Yes. So true. so true. All right. That being said, that is going to do it for AL East preview. I know I had a lot of fun with this one. I'm sure you guys did too, and hopefully our listeners enjoyed too. Again, I'm Brent Hewlett tonight, joined alongside by Numbers Guys hosts. Seth Warner, and Iki Kobayashi. Again, guest host, Graham Kochik. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, have a good one.